Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth. And today we're going to talk about writing assignments. But before we do that, Claire, how was your week? My week has been great. I, um, over winter break, I've been buying a crazy amount of books. Oh, yes. When Sorry. I just love going to bookstores and, um, I don't know, I just like to buy some that seem promising, even if I don't know anything about them. You know, I like flip through, I read the first page, and then, um, just see if I like them. And so anyway, I, um... I bought like five at one bookstore and a couple more at another bookstore. So I had like seven or eight books that I'm just, I don't know, but they could be good and they're on my bookshelf and it's, it's, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> Dude, a haul of books is like, you know, there's a thing and it's like things that make you feel wealthy, like rich. Mm-hmm. Like for me, yes. clean floors makes me feel like my life is on track, uh-huh. like everything is fine. But having a stash of books that like... Oh, so good. I actually, I got a whole bunch recently and it was like some of them were kind of on a whim and uh-huh. like some of them turned out to be so freaking good. Like just so, so awesome. good. And yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking as I bought the books, I think it's Ramit Sethi says, live your rich life. And it's like, well, what makes yeah. life rich for me? And for me, freely buying five books at a bookstore makes me yeah that's my rich life okay so. you're gonna have to tell me what they are later on but i um i had a thing too where like i have i told you like i read a lot of young adult fiction i don't know but a bunch of the ones i bought were young yeah. adult as well and yeah. it's weird there's this author that i really like who wrote a whole series that i really really enjoyed and i got one of hers but it's like her first not young adult book oh it's yeah. weird I, I didn't realize how much i rely on the young adult because you know certain things are not going to happen you know right, what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. some of those things happened in this book. And I was like, no, this is not part of the agreement. And then I looked at the back and uh-huh. it was like her debut adult novel. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have ventured out of the playpen, man. I'm not ready. So, <laughs> yeah, but I know. I feel that way, too. I, I like in the young adult books, you've got all the plot structure, all the, all the character depth. Everything that I want in a book is is there. Um and then a lot of the things I don't want are guaranteed not to be there, so yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. I wonder, maybe we can say off mic, but I have a feeling, I wonder, do our things we don't want overlap? Which, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. question. Well, certainly, like, certain kinds of violence, it's just no thank you. It brings that. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's just not. I wonder what kind of a peaceful world you'd have to live in that that would be a vacation. Do you want, like, but everything is hard enough. I don't need that in books. Do you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not reading so, any... How was your... Oh, yeah. Um, my week was good because I have these people who all... Like, it's like a group of people and they're making podcasts that I'm okay. obsessed with. And, uh-huh. like, one was You're Wrong About and another one is Maintenance uh-huh. Phase. And then I've kind of gotten to that point where I just absolutely binge through all of them. And now I'm on mm-hmm. the weekly schedule where I'm, like, waiting for them to be released, which is fine. But it's just not, you know, I love having just so many podcasts. So I realized one of the people I see 
actually has a different podcast that I didn't know about. And honestly, it just oh. made me so happy. I was like, oh my God, there's so many. And like, they talk about movies and it's just, I don't know, it just made me so happy. And one of the things, like one of my all-time favorite movies is The Lost Boys. Uh-huh. And then I found out like troubling things about some of the actors who had been in that movie. And mm. this podcast, they had a podcast that was literally how to come to terms with still loving this movie. Even, oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, it's like you got in my head and you were like, what does this lady need? And then they made that podcast. Was it that movie in particular that they were yeah, talking about? Yeah, The Last Boys. Or just in general? Wow. And so it was so great. <laughs> it was everything I need. So yeah, there's something, again, what makes me feel rich is having like 20 podcasts to choose from. Mm-hmm. And that's very luxurious. That's awesome. So, yeah. I love it. I'm stoked. So we're that. both living our rich life. Yeah. <laughs> we are. I wonder how many people, the answer to that question is just a lot of money. But I think most people it would be, because I know someone else and it's like having fresh flowers is like mm, their. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's so valuable to realize what does make you feel mm-hmm. like you're living this rich life. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have a quote for us today? I do, and it's like a bit of a story. Well, not really that much of a story, but um, (laughs) I was reminiscing with a friend about, like, childhood crush slash, like, band obsessions. Okay. You know, and I was really obsessed with Pearl Jam as a teenager, Uh like, to a ridiculous extent. But it's just so funny kind of remembering, like, what damage could we have done with the internet? You know, like, all I had was these, like monthly rock magazines and you'd scour through them uh-huh. and put out some tiny picture and add it to my creepy wall of like all of the pictures uh-huh. of this person and yeah all of those things and I remember they played a gig here and mm-hmm. I remember I was like 14 or newly 14 and I called the hotel and asked to speak to this person I was like oh, oh my wow. god like what optimism did I have in yeah. my life that I thought that was going to pan out? But anyway, so it is a quote from Pearl Jam that okay. inspired me to sort of listen to some songs again. And so it was, I'll ride the wave where it takes me. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to embrace a bit this semester mm. is like just having a bit of confidence and faith that wherever, like it, it usually all works out. I have yet to, mm-hmm. oh, now I feel like I'm hexing myself, but I have yet to uh, fall com- on you know, completely, you know what I mean? Like, just go with the yeah. flow a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find some of that 14 It usually all optimism. works out. Like, I'm not going to call it by yeah. better, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, the thing about that phone call is the worst that can happen is you don't reach them. Right. Which you weren't going to if you didn't call. So why not call? I know. <laughs> but it's just just something like, do you ever look back at your childhood and stuff and you just think of yourself as a small adult kind of? Mm, and yeah. Especially like I'm spending more time with this friend I had from when I was like 11 or 12. Uh-huh. And in my head, we were just having these sophisticated adult conversations all the time. And then we were uh-huh. like, oh, actually, we were totally kids because... Like there, I remember having a conversation with her about like, should I call? And she was like, yeah, like mm-hmm. if you think you guys have a chance. And I was like, I do, I really do. So anyway, it's it's a yeah. a good reminder of how what being 14 exactly. is actually like. Anywho. That's fun. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about writing assignments. And so I'm thinking about um, 
how to help students learn writing, how to grade writing. Uh, of course, yeah. since I'm teaching a lab class, I'm thinking mostly about formal scientific lab reports because that's the writing that I usually grade. What are you thinking about, Ruth? Yes, the same. And I think for me, it feels different because it's writing assignments in like a STEM context. So like not, not mm-hmm. in a writing class. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so- although I do feel like I could maybe learn a lot from people who Oh, so writing much. more explicitly. And so I would love to hear about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But totally. So so the context that we know about is through the STEM context. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what is working for you? <laughs> well, so I did warn you beforehand, <laughs> this was a bit lopsided. So I think the thing that's working for me is I do see the benefit and the absolute necessity of writing assignments, written assignments okay. in physics classes I think mm-hmm. for various reasons one like it's a skill that is is mm-hmm. super necessary in all kinds of jobs it's like particularly academically right like that's a skill I don't have um for writing papers <laughs> and stuff so um you know there's definitely that and then also like from an equity perspective like giving people mm. different types of assignments that they can excel at and like mm-hmm. be a bit creative at and like bring you know, other skill sets in than just mm-hmm. fill in these numbers and get the right answer. So I mm-hmm. do very much see the benefit of written assignments in a STEM class or a physics class in particular. Mm-hmm. That's all I have. Do you have any assignments right now um, in your STEM So course? like I have, I've always, so I've had some things that are like, okay, like reading reflections, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that even qualifies as a writing assignment well it's writing Mm -hmm. and then lab reports and then Mm -hmm. mostly just lab reports but other times I've had Mm -hmm. things like please write on this forum you know your favorite physics you encountered in the world or whatever it is and so that's cool yeah that's that's all I have to say interesting okay tell me about you because it feels like you (laughs) yes I'm excited to hear what you have to say okay yeah so um most of my I think all of the writing assignments that I've assigned have been like formal scientific lab reports where you have intro method or, in, you know, abstract intro mm-hmm. methods, results, discussion. And um, in my 400 level instrumental class, they do a whole bunch of those. In my 300 level class, they just do two. But in my 400 level class, they um, that's their main form of report. And so they are really practicing what bit of content goes in which one of those sections and um, all that. So um, one of the things, I guess I find it valuable to express that this is a conventional formula, you know, Mm -hmm. we're following a formula, we're not. um, And so that actually makes it easier. Like what goes in the introduction? Well, you're giving relevant information so that the readers can understand why you did what you did. And there's lots of potential good information you could put in the introduction. You get to decide which of it, but it needs to be relevant to, you know. So, and then, um, and then similarly in the, in the methods, you're saying what you did and conventionally that should be past tense. Whereas if you're talking in the introduction, you're stating scientific facts, that's present tense. And so like, these are just things that have become convention. And so you just need to learn this system. And so I, I like to make it clear that, um, there are parts of this that are just a formula, you know, yeah, like... I want you to give me the freaking formula. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Do I know all of this? I don't know if I do, but sorry, go ahead. Well, like, I, I feel like... I, 
I've definitely felt like I learned a lot of the rules by teaching them. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this isn't how you do it. How do you do it? Well, oh, I see. This is how you do it. So anyway, yeah. So then part of the way – so I, I give them, like, uh, guidelines, you know, that have – this is what goes in the introduction, this is what goes in the methods. Whatever you put in the discussion should tie back to the introduction, and don't worry, you know, once you decide what you want to discuss, you can just go put that yeah. in the introduction and set it up nicely. Um, if you put something in the introduction that turns out not to be useful, you can cut it from the introduction, or you can refer back to it, whatever. Anyway, so then I also have, so I give them that um, guidelines, and then I also give them a rubric, and the thing that I'm finding really helpful is having the rubric has different sections, of course, and I really appreciate that I can grade on these different sections because I guess one of the things that I feel like has really been striking to me lately about grading writing assignments is how different the sections are. You know, there's like content. Did they demonstrate understanding of the experiment they did, of the science? Did they go into enough depth of discussion? That's totally separate from are they following the structure of the report and do they put the right stuff in the introduction and the right stuff in the methods and the right stuff in the results and that is totally separate from are they writing clearly and using correct grammar and syntax and flowing in a way that I can follow and those are totally separate things and you really need all of them to have a really great report but what I really love about having a rubric where they're separated is it can be obvious like wow I nailed the content so I don't have to worry about that. But gosh, I'm having a little trouble following the structure of the report. So I guess that's what I should focus on. I think it really helps the students see that it's not that they're just not really getting this whole report thing. They're getting these parts of it. They're not getting these parts of it. So then they can be excited about the parts they're good about, uh, that they're good at, and then know what to hone in on for the parts they're, they're working on. So see, I don't know. The, the, this is what I wish I had in my life because... I'm actually noticing, like, I'm literally having a physiological response to even having this discussion because I have mm. such writing phobia, like, so bad. And I think, you know, when you see students and they're flipping out about math and you're like, what's, what's that all about? And I'm like, oh, I need to uh -huh. remember this feeling because I just, like, interesting. I never got it. I never understood. Yeah. And then I never got feedback. Like, the feedback was just like, no, not this. Like, and they're like, but what then? Right. And, like, I love this that it's so detailed mm -hmm. and like yeah there's just some yeah I love it it's really good and that's like constructive yeah. feedback that then you can change for next time because I totally remember as a student getting all these comments I I was the one who did not know I didn't understand the different sections of the reports yeah. and so I had all these underlines like this should be in the methods and this should be in the results and I was like what the heck are you talking yes. about um and I really appreciated in classes where there was a rubric where I could say, man, 10 out of 10 on the results section. I guess I know how to do results sections. That's awesome. And that would make me feel good about that, yeah. which is good for all my future results writing. But also it would give me the, uh, the confidence to say, okay, but I'm having a bit of trouble in this other category. Let me figure out the other category, you know? So I really, like I started um, high school as a sophomore. I was homeschooled up until then. And one of the things that I didn't really know was these conventions about writing lab reports, writing English essays. I didn't know these norms. And luckily, the school I went to as a sophomore had rubrics. That was like one of the things that they did. And that was really helpful for me to figure out which pieces I needed to learn and which pieces I was doing okay on. And so then I didn't just have like a 70 out of 100. I was like, oh, 10 out of 10 here. Oh, but 6 out of 10 here. And that was really helpful. Do you know, it's so. striking me. 
I wonder, like, because you seem to have a really good grasp on the information that they need or the information, like, how to structure this. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because you did come in, like, as you said, as a sophomore. I wonder Mm -hmm. how much of it were like, ah, it's just soup I absorb and I don't know why. Or, like, you know, some people are good at it and some people aren't. You're like, no, it's just information I need to have. And Uh that's really Uh interesting. I like that. Yeah. You have a bit of a different perspective. I totally do feel like that experience for me of realizing that everybody else knew these formulas mm-hmm. and I didn't know these formulas. And I was like, well, what the heck are the formulas? Um, and yeah, that's a good point. Like the rubrics really helped me learn them. And so now I feel like I can hopefully write a rubric that will help someone else learn them, you know? Right. But even that you can frame it, that they don't, they know the formulas and I don't. Whereas I was just like, right. everyone else knows how to do this and I'm just stupid and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. So what, yeah. Yeah. What are you working on? You said you had a lot of. Well, I think you answered some of them, but I think my own hangups, like I feel genuinely like distressed Mm. about writing. And so I don't feel, I feel I have a hangup about it a bit. Do you know Mm. what I mean? And it's getting better because I'm like, like, honestly, the first time I sat down to grade a lab report, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I don't know. And then you're like, okay, clearly that's not right. Like, I do know that's not right. You know, so you can kind Uh of get into it that way. I think I don't think I teach them anything about writing lab reports. Uh And so Uh sometimes, so this is a difference between where I was teaching before and where I'm teaching now in a way, because like, where is there an agreed class that you guys have where you're like, this is where we're going to really talk about reports and how to write things. Is Mm -hmm. that a thing that happens for you guys or? Um, I think it's more like, you know, um, there's several different classes that students take as a chemistry major mm-hmm. where they write formal scientific reports. I'm sure that I emphasize different things than other professors emphasize, but in general, we know the general structures, and hopefully the students learn something from me yeah. and something from them, and then they can add it up into a good report, you know? Yeah, that, another hang-up I had was, like, sort of equity stuff about mm-hmm. teaching, like... You know, if someone is teaching or, or like criticizing grammar or stuff mm-hmm. and it's like, OK, did that student have those classes or like, you know what I mean? If I'm not teaching this them that, can I grade I, yeah. them on it? Do you know what I mean? Sorry, go ahead. I know what you mean. And this is why I love the rubric, mm-hmm. because they might have awesome content and an awesome idea of how the report works, but their grammar is really throwing off their message. Well, I think they should lose some points on that. I will tell them, oh, you're making this repeating grammar mistake try to fix that, but they've got 10 out of 10 on all the other things, so they know that they need to work on that, and they do need to work on That's the thing, is like, okay, maybe they're totally coming at a disadvantage because they learned English as a second See, language, or I thing, don't know. Because I was like, oh, I can't. Grammar in school, whatever, but they still need to learn it. Sorry, go right. ahead. <laughs> no, but that's true, because that's what my thing, I was like, well, I can't really, and then it is like, well, I don't want them to make that mistake on their grad school application, so exactly. like, it is exactly. actually important. Yeah. Yeah, and I do, I, I feel like, yeah, we never sit down in class and I talk about grammar, that's true. But they hand in the first report and I say, oh, it looks like you are misunderstanding this one thing about grammar. Try to work on that. Here are some instances where it's happening. And then hopefully the next time they've worked on you know, yeah. so like I, I am teaching them by pointing out the errors on their assignment. And then they're hopefully working because we're, we're doing a whole bunch of assignments, so they're learning it. 
Hopefully. That's what I feel like. So I, I feel like I am teaching them, but only when I spot what the issues are. I guess that's the thing, right? Because yeah, if you're just like, I hate this report, you suck, and then give it. Like, that's not. <laughs> but if you're just like, hey, this mistake happened, and uh-huh. then, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, and you're also saying, oh, great job on the results. I mm-hmm. love your interpretation of the data. You know, those things were good, but I'm having trouble following you sometimes. Mm-hmm because of this grammar thing. And so here are some of the things that you could try to work on. Yes, I like that. I don't know. I feel okay with that. And again, like you say, you don't want them, you're trying to teach them to go off and be a good budding scientist or go off and whatever it is they do is probably going to involve writing. So I feel like it's actually critical for them to learn that kind of thing as well. Right. And I think I think because of my, uh, I'm just uncomfortable and I don't want to look at it, I haven't invested enough time in because even when you're saying it if I'm really honest when you're saying it, I'm like oh that sounds like a lot of work with that rubric like that's you know but mm. you know I think it is a valuable thing and I do need to just sort of give time to it uh yeah I feel like yeah I feel like the rubric ultimately saves time of course you have to make it and it does happen every single year I'm like oh I need to improve yeah. the rubric in some way although it's gotten better over the years But, you know, ultimately, I feel like this last semester, I've kind of done it enough that I can do it much faster now. You know, I quickly scan the introduction and I'm like, oh, 10 out of 10. Or if it's not 10 out of 10, I can give them one comment and say 8 out of 10, you know, or whatever it is. And then grammar. Yeah, you don't have to catch every single time they misused a comma, but you just find a few times where it should have been a period. And you say, hey, this seems to be a thing that's coming up a few times, you know. You circle the three that you notice and move on. I don't know. And, um, and so another thing yeah. I put on working on, but like obviously I have some fundamentals to get through first, but it was about, you know, like the realisticness of the academic process where like say if you write a paper, it, it gets reviewed and then you get feedback and then you rewrite it. Mm-hmm. And so having something like that yeah. or some kind of peer reviews. Oh. And so that would be cool. But I think I have a ways to go before I'm there. That's what I'm working on, too. Okay, cool. Tell me what you're working on. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to have some interaction between students. Yes. Uh, and, like, peer feedback. Um, have you ever done anything like that? Suggestions on each other's trips. I haven't. I mean, I've been a student where that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some other faculty members in the department do it. The thing that I'm kind of getting hung up on is that it slows down the whole process. Like, in my yeah. class where they're writing lots of reports they're kind of doing one of these every week and so how's that going to work you know because I don't know they need a few days I would think for somebody to take the time to critique it and then a few days for them to adjust the draft and so now we're getting into like if they have a week to write the first draft and then a few days a few days now it's like two weeks before they turn it in so I haven't quite figured that out but I just would love it often seems like well first of all peer feedback would be really I think it'd be useful for everybody because it always seems like there's some students who have an excellent grasp on the content and some who have an excellent grasp on the structure of the report or whatever it is. And I think everybody would benefit from reading other people's reports because totally. there'd be something that they'd be like, oh, wow, this is how you could write that sentence. You know, because it is, it's kind of like a language. You, you know, we're talking in this passive voice and we're following this weird structure. And so if you can just see a few more examples totally. of someone else doing it, it's so much easier. Um yeah. So 
Did you think like it just because yeah. that doesn't necessarily seem like it would lend itself to a weekly report, but is there like a larger thing that you could do it on or? That's a good idea. It could be like because we do like weekly reports for a while and then we have a big final thing. So maybe the big final thing we could do some peer review on maybe. And at that point, they're all kind of practiced with the formula. And so it might be like extra meaningful for them to see some other examples of how other people follow the formula. That's yeah. a good idea. Or like maybe a redo of an old one or something. Yep. But I can see what mm-hmm. you mean. Like, I don't know how you would integrate it into a weekly thing without some yeah. kind of very intense overlapping system where you're also writing a report while reviewing someone else's. Like, that would be a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm imagining, I remember this really cool thing in an English class one time where we all just passed our drafts, like, behind yeah. us, you know? And and then you just wrote some comments. And then, you know, so it didn't even take, it took, like, a class period to get a bunch of comments from a bunch of people. Um, and then you went and revised it. So that, that seems cool. Uh, so I don't know. I haven't tried it, but I would, I would like to try it. I, I don't know. Should, what are I you thinking? I more time. Do you know what I mean? Like... In everything, because mm-hmm. it's so weird. Because like that would be such a rich experience, and then you're like, mm-hmm. but where? Where does it go? And how do you fit it in? And so, yeah. But um, it's it's all about essentialism, I guess. We have to like decide if that's the rich experience we want to have. Maybe I don't need as many lab reports. You know, I, I right now I I like having as many lab reports because I feel like the repetition is really helpful for them learning. Oh, the absolutely. But. I could potentially toss out some of the repetition in favor of this rich experience we're talking about. I don't know. Okay, just to like throw a whole other thing in there. Yeah. That's why sometimes I wish there was room to have like a science communication mm. module, like maybe not the size of an entire other class, but just something mm-hmm. around. Or like, you know, I think you had an excellent episode with Bori about capstone projects. Mm-hmm. And maybe that could be a really cool place to have... Like our, well, where we were before, where I was before. Oh my God, I need to figure out how to talk about where I am. Where I was. <laughs> you mean when we were both in California? <laughs> Thank you. Um, like our whole capstone thing was only a presentation and it would be great if there was other aspects to it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah. And so, yeah, because it would be so cool to be playful with those things boss yeah yeah I know it's always about fitting things in and I do think like in general we've talked about this kind of with active learning in general I'm in favor of cutting out content in order to have a more depth more meaningful experience with whatever totally you decide to keep Um, but that doesn't make the decision of what to cut any easier (laughs) no no and I think and again maybe I'm making this up but I just feel like and this has been true of my interactions with the chemistry students, that you guys are really providing this sort of whole program approach to developing these people who are really good science chemists. Chemists, mm, do you know what I mean? Okay. And like I, there's a student that we both had at one point who was just like seeing him in the lab was like a work of art. You're just like, oh wow, <laughs> you know all the stuff and like how to just documentation for everything and just like very you guys really seem to train all of those Mm -hmm. behaviors in addition to the material and the content 
And I think we impart a huge amount of skills into the students, but I don't know if it's this kind of concerted. And here is a rounded person who can now write these lab reports. You know what I mean? So I just, Mm. I wonder, that's one aspect I was thinking, like where in the sequence would it occur that you would like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really kind of get into some of these like writing skills. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have no answer. That's I don't know. In, a, in the pro, yeah, in the classes that I teach, like I say, it's not till the very end that we really spend a lot of time on the writing, and I don't know if that's how it should be. I mean, it, it, I think it makes sense that it's developed earlier on, and then mastered later yeah. on. But I don't know exactly when you want to write a whole bunch of them. Well, I like like even what you're describing, where you have weekly lab reports, you're really building mm-hmm. those muscles, and then you're doing this final bigger yeah. project. That seems perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're making me think. I'll incorporate the peer review into Oh, the man, I want to hear how that goes for sure. I'm yeah. just going to try and <laughs> not feel like I'm going to cry every time I think about writing. That's my goal. Well, I love what you said about how you're, you have this initial reaction of, oh, gosh, I can't grade these writing mm-hmm. things. And I've, I've felt that, too. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh, but this is wrong, yeah. so I can definitely grade this part. And that, that, I, that makes sense, yeah. you know? And that surely that will build confidence. And I, I feel like I've every time they've, my students have handed in la- big lab reports, I've been like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be such a pain to grade. And I feel like having done it over, I guess, six, six years now, I've felt less burdened yes. by it because I have a better system for grading it. Is this just so, the whole nice. teaching vibe where every time you're going to teach anything, you're like, I can't teach this. What? And then you're like, oh, wait, I can do this bit, like that one thing. And I do actually know more yeah. than they do about this one small thing. And then just kind of grows mm-hmm. from there. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's our whole career summed up right there. <laughs> Thanks so much, Claire. Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.